voyage. Otzi the Iceman is a real person. His body was preserved in ice for 5,300 years before being discovered by hikers in the Italian Alps in 1991. The unique opportunity afforded by Otzi's frozen state is that scientists were able to perform a forensic analysis on him. They studied the copper axe he was found with, a rare and highly valuable tool of the time that marked Otzi as someone of special status. They were able to learn what he ate for his last meal, study his dozens of tattoos, and find out how he died. He was murdered. The BBC reported in 2017 that the director of the South Tyrol Museum of Archaeology, which houses Otzi's body, called in a detective from the Munich Police Department to consult on Otzi's murder. It sounds like a joke, but that really happened. The detective felt it was telling that whoever killed Otzi left behind his valuable copper axe. He felt this meant it was not a crime for profit, but more likely a personal vendetta. A study in the academic journal Mycological Research noted three fungal objects were found with Otzi's body. It was theorized that these may have been used for medicinal purposes, like wound dressing. Smithsonian Magazine specifically noted that the birch polypore fungus tied to the leather bands of Otzi's tools could have been used as an antibiotic. Archaeology Magazine reported that scientists linked materials in Otzi's axe to southern Tuscany, hundreds of miles from where Otzi was discovered. I realized I was naked, except for a sheepskin. The red-haired woman must have washed me. I felt clean. She was there in the hut, eating a breakfast and watching me curiously. Just rest. I was still weak, and soon I fell back asleep. Ah! <sighs> I heard myself in pain, and opened my eyes to see the red-haired woman place a poultice on my injured hand and wrap it. She had roots, herbs, and fungi beside her. Ah! <sighs> it burns! Good. It will heal quicker, then. <sighs> Where am I? In the home of three sisters. I am Kalina. After we washed the blood and dirt from your face, we recognized you, Otzi, from the village in the valley. My sisters and I had gone out looking for mushrooms. We found you and thought you were dead at first. We carried you here. Whoever did this meant to kill you. Kalina used a long-handled wooden spoon to reach the edge of the fire in her hut and removed a hot stone. She placed it in a bowl of water, sending up steam. She removed the stone from the water and added herbs. She was making tea. She gestured to the markings of parallel lines running around my left wrist. What do these mean on your wrist? My journeys. When I return home, I'll add another. She offered me the tea. Green bark of the willow tree for the pain. How do you know so much? I am a healer. I learned from my mother. Are you a shaman? No. Will I be healed? I thought you might die. Not everyone is meant to get better. I also help those who are ready to move on. She held up a red berry with a black spot on it. Crab's eye. Two is enough. You kill people with that. I end suffering. But not for you. It's not your time. I realized the tea was not just easing my pain. 
I could barely make out Kalina's voice saying, I will make you well. And then I was in darkness. As I drifted back to sleep, I thought of my Uncle Eric and how he taught me to work with copper some time ago. Eric's land was on the north side of a river. He wore a deerskin leather shirt and goatskin breeches. He was old, but strong, sturdy from years of hard labor. He smelled of wild meat. Born with a hump on his back and a misshaped face, he moved hunched over with a stiff neck. How did you get here? I rafted down the river. Did you fall off the raft? I did. I can't swim, but I tethered myself to the raft. You should learn to swim. He led me to his home for dinner and introduced me to his wife, Alma. She hugged me and laughed as she had to stand on her toes to get her arms around my waist. <laughs> I hugged her back and kissed her cheek. She smelled of lavender. She told me all their six children had their own homes and families except one who had become the goat herder. Alma took me by the elbow and pulled me gently to a rough-hewn pine table. She pointed to the hearth and asked me if I liked deer meat. Alma cooked as if all those six children were there. Roasted haunch, peas, mushrooms, flatbread fried in butterfat, and for dessert, dried apricots cooked with pine nuts. We had dark, heavy grape wine to drink. I slept on a sheepskin. Amma woke me in the morning when it was still dark. She gave me a fine leather towel, a pot of water, and oily lavender to wash with. I headed out and met their daughter who minded the goats. Eric was there. Did you hear the wolves last night? No. I can't sleep when they're howling. We have wolves in our forest as well. They come down from the south hills and take one of the goats now and then. They prefer the kids. They're easier to catch. I showed Eric a thin copper disc my father had given to me. My father said you made this. How did you do that? Ah, uh, now I know why you came. Walk with me. I'll show you. Eric took me to his smith's booth, where he had gold and silver items. Rings, necklaces, earrings, and a silver dagger. He also had copper cups, plates, knives, and spear points. I'll show you the basics, but it might be a curse. When you return home and use this method, you will be regarded with great suspicion as having bargained with the evil one to learn the black arts. He took me to his smelting corner. There were four piles of rocks. Shiny tan-colored rocks, rocks with a silvery sheen, blue rocks and rocks with fine green crystals. He gave me some and said, Take these home to your village. Match them to find the best sources of copper. He showed me the process, crushing the green rocks with a hammer. Using a fire pit, he had a hollow reed to blow air and heat the fire until the copper melted out of the ore, using water to quench the fire. He picked the copper pieces out, then placed them on a flat stone and poured the melted copper into a mold. He was making copper arrowheads, but mentioned, You can make anything you want out of copper. We can do more tomorrow. I can't stay. In a hurry now? After traveling so far? I don't like leaving Mara alone too long. Maybe so, but you seem tense. 
That's not the only reason. There's a man. Ah. Uh, he wants her. He visits her when I'm away. Hmm. I don't know what to do about him. He doesn't make a secret of it. He desires my mate. You might have to kill him. <laughs> Is that it? There was a woman in my village that I loved. She already had a mate. He went out on a hunt and there was a terrible accident. He fell off a cliff in the mountains. When he never came home, at first, his mate thought he had abandoned her. She didn't want to believe he could be dead, but eventually she did. And she became my mate. She bore me children. We've lived a long life together. Amma? My aunt? Yes. An accident? Yes. Very terrible. If the man fell off a cliff, why did his mate think he had abandoned her? She didn't know he fell off a cliff. He wouldn't say it outright, but the implication struck me and filled my body with a heavy feeling. We only have what we can take in this world. You must protect what's yours. Remember that. Does she know now? Ama. Know what? What Eric said troubled me then and troubled me again as I woke. Back in Kalina's hut, now dark except for the coals of her dying fire. Do you live still, warrior? I do. It's a good day then. The people. The ones whose suffering you ended. Did they leave peacefully? The ones who were good to their families did. What about the others? Those who hurt people never die at peace. Kalina and her sisters walked me to the edge of their village. Kalina gave me a bow and some arrows. For protection. A leather pouch filled with dried mushrooms, berries, and nuts. For nutrition. And a round container made of birch bark with another poultice for my wounds. For your cuts and scrapes. Live, warrior. So my efforts were not for nothing. Thank you for your kindness. Walking with limp now, I started the journey home. On my way, I mistakenly encroached on a wolf. I didn't see him until I was already too close. He curled his lip, revealing his teeth. He was mangy looking. He reminded me of Eric, like the wolf was the animal spirit of him. I could see he was stepping awkwardly. He was wounded. This made him defensive. I had the bow and arrows in a quiver. But at this range, by the time I pulled an arrow, the wolf would be upon me. I looked in his eyes and backed away slowly. But it was too late. He moved towards me. I sensed he would not be scared off so easily. I picked up a rock off the ground. Just as he leapt at me, his teeth aimed for my neck. I swung the rock into his face. He fell to the side. I scrambled to grab another rock and throw it at him. He finally decided I was no easy prey and wandered off. I watched him go, grateful to the gods for sparing me once again. It was a long trek home. I grew hungry. The dried mushrooms, berries, and nuts Kalina had given me were long since gone. At night, I came across four northerners, killing a stag. 
I stayed back and watched as they built a fire with kindling and a flint. They butchered the deer and skewered haunches of it over the fire. My body ached with hunger. I thought through the situation. These men had no reason to harm me. I approached, slowly. Hello, I'm Utsi. I've traded with northerners before. I don't have much, but what I have is yours if I could ask for just a small piece of meat. They eyed my wounds. My face was bruised. The poultice still wrapped around my hand. We have plenty. Come, eat. <sighs> mm. Mm. After my belly was full, I felt at ease. But though the northerners had welcomed me, I noticed they kept looking at me strangely. Still, the man who seemed to be their leader was friendly. Good meat? Very good, thank you. Where is your home? Aways from here. Are there women there? Yes. Though all the women in my village have mates. <laughs> For now. You have been on a lengthy journey? Yes, many days. Too much time in the company of these men. They smell and I know all of their stories. <laughs> we talk of our women, but talk is no replacement for them. I understand. You have a woman in your village. I do. A fine woman. Good food to eat and a fine woman. You are blessed by the gods, traveler. At times I have been. Not always. Not always. Where are you all traveling to? We travel to visit a friend. Oh. Nearby? Very close by, yes. Pleasant visit? Not so pleasant. We found him dead. Oh. I'm sorry. We've just now come from burying our friend. Someone killed him at his home. Shot him in the neck with an arrow. I... I saw the man who did it. The northerner grabbed the quiver and examined the arrows Kalina gave me. These have the same fletching as the one that killed our friend. This fletching is common to this region. You're not from here. The man who did this to your friend is from my village. He tried to kill me too. I realized with a sick feeling that Rube's treachery might get me killed. It seemed that there was no end to the misery he brought into my life. His name is Rube. He killed your friend and stole his gold. I watched him. And did nothing. The wound was obviously fatal. There was nothing to be done. Then he's the one who hurt you. Yes, Rube. After he killed your friend, he attacked me. His name was Aska. Our friend. We all have known him since we were small. A strong, worthy man. Tough. Tough enough that he wouldn't die without a fight. I saw the same thing in the northerner's eyes that I saw in the wolf's eyes before it leapt from my throat. One of them lunged at me, while another tackled me. I pulled an arrow from the quiver and stabbed the northerner who had spoken to me in the armpit. As I did so, the northerner put a knee to my back. Desperate, I pulled a burning branch from their fire. Ah! 
man I hit with it, his long hair caught on fire. It distracted the others for an instant and I fled. Looking back as briefly as I dared, I saw one of the northerners stay behind to help the burning man, while the other two pursued me. I found myself at a sharp drop-off. A steep embankment. If I retreated, my pursuers would catch me. So I didn't retreat. The pain was beyond anything I'd experienced before. But I had no time to waste. I rose my body shuddering, and moved along the base of the ridge until I came across a small crevice. Looking inside, I saw a shallow cave. I hid in the cave. I spent an entire day and night in that cave, not wanting to risk stepping out until I was certain the northerners had searched the area and missed me. That day and night was endless. My hunger had been satisfied. But the pain of hunger was nothing compared to the pain of my body after all the abuse I had taken. <sighs> Finally, after the day and night had passed, I ventured out. I resumed my journey home. I worried for Mara. Had she already had the baby? Surely she had. I prayed it would be born healthy. We'd had a baby, stillborn once. For her to go through that again, especially alone, was my greatest fear. After much hiking through the woods, I finally made it to the outskirts of our village, where the shaman's dwelling was. As I passed by the shaman's house, I could see him performing a ritual on his altar. I could see the axe on the altar and I could see Rube sitting before the altar. I had no weapons. After nearly being killed several times, they had all been lost along the way. Most recently, the bow and arrows as I fled the northerners. I only had my hands. But that would be enough.